Church, you could take a seat. Would you bow your head in prayer? Father, we do just want to come to you this morning, and we want to experience your help and your grace and your kindness. Father, help us as we're on this journey to become healthier, to, Lord, just remove the unhealthy habits, the unhealthy addictions that that are in our life, Father. Help us to find your strength today, to, Lord, have a year where, man, there's real progress being made in these areas. Father, today, as we look at the hurts and the resentments in our hearts, Father, help us to find the power of forgiveness. Help us to see, Lord, how great your forgiveness is for each and every one of us. And help us, Lord, to be able to freely offer it to those in our life. We pray for your help in all of this, Lord, because we can't do it without you. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, it's good to be with you this morning. We are continuing our sermon series that we started last week called Breathing Underwater. And we've been looking at the, these biblical principles about how do, we, how do we break free from some of the unhealthy habits that we struggle with in our life. And we've been kind of gleaning some wisdom from the recovery community to, to help us think about this and, and wrestle with these topics. And, you know, one of the, the big reasons that, that I wanted to do this series is I think we need to destigmatize the idea of struggle in the church. You know, sometimes we, we just get this idea in our mind and our head that, that we've got to come in here and act like we're doing better than we are, right? And, and unfortunately, that church actually becomes a barrier to us getting the help from each other and from God that we actually need, right? right? You don't go to the gym and walk in the front door and they're like, oh, you're not in perfect shape. You can't be here. Like, no, I'm, I'm here because I need to get on a treadmill. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like, it, that, that thought doesn't even cross our mind. But, but somehow, we get it all, all the wires get crossed in our minds and our hearts when it comes to church, when it comes to our relationship with God. So I want to destigmatize because here's the reality. Here's what the scriptures teach us. If you're a human being, which I'm pretty sure everyone I'm looking at is, if you're a human being, struggle is going to be part of your life. And you're going to have to fight every day for the rest of your existence till the Lord calls you home. You're going to have to fight and find God's help to overcome your brokenness. So none of us should be surprised that we have struggles in our life. And that, and, and so, but we have to learn how to talk about it in a way that's not layered with guilt and shame so we can get the help we need. You with me on this? So that's kind of part of my heart for this series and, uh, and today, as, as we continue, I want to tell you when Allie and I were, uh, were first married and, and we were living in, in a double in Cleveland, our, our sink didn't have a garbage disposal, you know, grinds up all the food. So it, we were like very cautious. This is going to be a gross analogy. I'm sorry, but just, just go with me on this. So we would be kind of very careful to try and not get like, you know, little chunks of food and stuff in there, but inevitably, as careful as we would be, over a couple months, the drain would get clogged, and you know, the, the water wouldn't flow down, and it would fill up, and it would get kind of smelly, 
And, and so, you know, every couple months, I would have to get my tool belt on. Yeah, yeah. What a sight that is. And, uh, and, I, and I would have to take apart the drain and clean out all that stuff that's been sitting there and stewing. And it, it was nasty. It smelled terrible. It was disgusting. I, am I grossing you out yet? Yeah, yeah, perfect. You're welcome this morning. Um, and, and I would clean it out, and then, you know, the drain would be good for a while. And we would really try to not let that happen, because that was a job I did not want to do. Um, and I was not, you know, looking forward to it. I wasn't putting it on my calendar or anything like that. It was just, just something, because as that builds up, not only does the drain not work right, but it also is going to create bacteria and all kinds of unhealthy conditions in our kitchen. Now, I think in some ways that same kind of thing can happen in our hearts. I don't believe any of us in this room or watching online are probably the kind of people that are going through life and you're looking to hold on to hurts, you're looking to hold on to, to anger towards someone, you're looking to create bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart. I don't think that's probably any of us here today. Now, I know there are people out in the world like that, but they've already left our church. They've already found a reason. To, <laughs> right? They're, they're, if you want to find a reason, you can find one all the time, right? I don't believe that that's probably us, but, but here's the reality. Even when you're trying not to let that happen in your heart, and you're really trying not to clog the drain, sometimes it still gets clogged. You with me on this? Today, even though, even though all of us probably in this room, we, we don't want to be resentful people. We, we don't want to carry, you know, our hurts from the past inside of us. But this, the true reality is, is even though our intentions and our desire is good, it still happens. And we need to take time to clear all that junk out. You with me? Because here's what will happen. If you let it sit there, it's not going to make you better. It's going to make you more unhealthy. When we, when we let it sit there, it's just going to get, it's just going to fester and stink. Do I got to go back to this drain thing? It's, it's, it's not going to be good, right? And, and so we need to learn how do we clear it out, which isn't something we're taught. You know, when you think about the things that, that we're taught growing up, no one kind of comes to us and says, hey, life is painful, you're going to get hurt by people, and here's how you deal with it in a healthy way. I didn't get that lesson. How about you? We're, we're not taught how to, how to deal with the pain that, that can reside in our heart. So I think what ends up happening, church, is we end up either dealing with it in the way that was modeled for us, which probably they weren't taught either, or we try to figure it out on our own and figure out a strategy that feels good. But the reality is, it might be something that leads us more into those unhealthy habits and those addictions. Because when that pain, when that hurt, when that bitterness is just living in you and me, and, the, and there's no way to, to flush the system, it's going to create unhealthy realities in each of us. You with me on this, church? Now, I want to share with you uh, 
so we're going to look at one scripture today. Actually, we're going to look at two, but, but mainly one, if that makes sense. And it's Colossians 3, and it's verse 13. And I'm going to argue that this is the Apostles Paul. This is him teaching us. This is how we deal with the pain that we carry in our lives. Colossians 3, just one verse, 13. Here it is. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Do you see the, the theme in that verse? It's the theme of forgiveness, isn't it? Now, I'm kind of pulling this out of a context where, where Paul is, is talking about, hey, he's saying, hey, if, as you follow Christ, you become a new creation. See, God is in the business of making each of us into something new, something different than we are without his power and grace and mercy and help at work in our life. And Paul says, as you go on this journey, it's this constant journey of putting off some things, putting off our old ways of going through the world, of dealing with the world, of dealing with pain. We, we've got to unlearn some things and put those out of our life, which is what we're trying to do in this series. And Paul says, and in place of that, we've got to put on some new behavior, some new tools, if you will, in our toolkit. And here Paul is saying, this is how we deal with the struggles and the pain of relationships and people in our lives. We bear with one another. If one has a complaint against another, we forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven us. And so what I want to talk about today is, is how we do that. How, how, we, how we practice that in our lives so that the things that, that want to stick and stay in our hearts that are going to cause trouble and pain and unhealth, how through forgiveness we flush them out of our system. You with me on this? Now, in the, the Alcoholics Anonymous book, they have this great quote that I want to read you today. It says this, resentment is the number one offender. Talking about, you know, keeping people stuck in their addictions, in their unhealthy habits. Resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. I would argue it's not just alcoholics. It's whatever our addiction might be, whatever our unhealthy go-to habit might be. From it stems all forms of spiritual disease, for we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. What the authors are saying, they're saying that that resentment, when, when it stays in the drain... And forgiveness is not at work. It gets nasty and it pollutes our souls. And because our souls get polluted, we move towards unhealthy patterns, habits, all that kind of thing. Now, I want to uh, just kind of remind you of what we talked about last week and then, then add something for this week. So last week, we started to look at those, those 12 steps of recovery. And I just want to, we went through the first three last week. The first one was we admitted we were powerless over our problems, our, our addiction. And remember last week, I, I offended everyone because I called everyone an addict. You remember that? And, and, but, but I said, you know, I said it in a nice way that, that we all just 
we, we have the, these compulsive habits, behaviors, right? It could be substance, but it could be, it could be work, right? Some of us, we're, we're, we're workaholics. We're addicted to work. And the problem with something like that is that everybody praises you for that addiction, right? So everybody's like, yeah, look, this person, they never stop. You're like, yeah, that's not good, right? But, but, the, but culture will, will reinforce that. So we said it's not just about substance, but, but we can get addicted to comfort. We can get addicted to ease. We can get addicted to our own way and being right all the time. And we went through the, the whole list and said, look, if we're honest, we all probably have some unhealthy drive within us, and we can't figure it out on our own. We are powerless. We need God's help, and that's step two. And, and, we, and we need to realize that the only way that we can break free is through the help of Jesus Christ. That's it. You try and fight your inner battles alone, you will not win. I will not win. We need God's power in our life. And then step three, we said, and then as we begin this journey, we're just beginning with a very powerful but subtle shift where we're waking up and we're looking at our lives and we're saying, God, your will be done, not mine. Because part of what gets us in, in trouble is that, that we're living life on our own terms. We're pursuing our own agenda. We're trying to, to manage and control life. And until we surrender to the purpose of God and the will of God, that's where change really begins. And so we said, we're going to pray, God, not my will, but your will be done. And then today we're going to talk about this step, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. We're going we're gonna to look inside our hearts today and say, where is their resentment? And how can I apply forgiveness to these issues? Today, I'm really going to focus on the hurts that we're carrying. Next week, I'm going to talk about our role in those. So you don't have to worry about that today. That, that'll, be, that'll be next week. I, but I, I really, I really want to focus on, on these and, and apply, learn the, the truth of what Christ is saying to us today. Apply forgiveness so they can move out of our system. Now, forgiveness, it's impossible, church, to live the Christian life without a deep commitment to forgiveness. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, then you have to be committed to the practice of forgiveness. And I have to be committed to the practice of forgiveness. The, the Christian life doesn't make sense without it. Jesus told this really, really powerful parable, and I want to read it to you this morning. The beginning of it is Peter, one of Jesus' followers, came up to him and he said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? How often? Have you ever felt like that? How much more do I have to put up with this person? Peter says, as many as seven times? You know, and I'm sure he's like thinking like, Jesus is going to be like, whoa, seven? No, you should have been done at five. Like, this, this, guy's, this guy's a real loser. Seven times? But here's what Jesus said to him. I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. And what is he doing? He's just kind of blowing Peter's sense of the limits of forgiveness. 
right? Don't start counting people in your life and be like, okay, you're up to 75 now. Uh, two more to go. Like, that, that's not his point. His point is you keep practicing it, that, that it's a way of life as a follower of his. That forgiveness is something that, that's not meant to run out in us, even though some days it's really hard to, to offer it, right? And then Jesus tells this parable, and, and listen closely to it. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, this is just an a debt that you could pretty much never pay, 10,000 talents. Just to think about just an unbelievable amount of money. So some guy owes the king this unbelievable amount of money. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So calling in his, his debt and saying, well, you're going to jail, selling everything, basically taking you as payment. And so the servant fell on his knees, imploring him. Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. So he just bagged him, right, as, as any of us would do if we were in that situation, right? Just give me another chance. I, I will find a way. Just please don't do this. And it says, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him, and look, forgave him the debt. What must that have felt like? This unbelievable, just wiped clean. Almost at the edge of losing everything, and the king just wipes the slate clean. That must have felt pretty good. But then look at this. But when that same servant went out, this guy who just had this massive debt completely forgiven, when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. Right? That's a way smaller amount of money. Right, that, that, that's like, you know, we're, we're talking like pennies on the dollar here. Just a, a way smaller amount of money. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, just like what, what he did to the king. Have patience with me and I will pay you. But look at this. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. They went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Jesus is not playing games in this passage, is he? He's saying, hey, forgiveness is mandatory. So here's, here's a servant, untold amounts of debt forgiven. And then he will give no forgiveness to a much smaller debt. That parable, church, is for you and me. See, every one of us today, whether we realize it or not, God has forgiven untold amounts of debt in your life and my life. When you become a follower of Jesus and you give your life to Jesus and you receive his death and his resurrection on your behalf, you in that moment, your debt that you, you can't even quantify how huge it is, is immediately forgiven. Done. Done away with never to come back again. And then 
from that place of forgiveness, God says, hey, I want you to forgive the hurts and resentments in your life that you're carrying today. And I take it, I take it serious. I take it as, as, as a, a clear picture of if you understand what I've done for you. And so here's what I would say, church. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't have to worry about this forgiveness thing. But if you are a follower of Jesus today, I don't think he's given us a lot of wiggle room on this. How about you? I can say, hey, this is a practice you and I need in our lives. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm certainly not saying you won't need God's help to do it. You will. But it is something we have to be committed to. So today, I want you just to look in your heart, and I, and I want you just invite God's spirit to help you and say, man, what resentment am I holding on to today? See, we, we might, you know, I, we might not like the word unforgiveness, like, because that's like, oh, well, I definitely can't do it. So sometimes in our minds, you know, it's like, I'm not angry, I'm frustrated. It sounds better in my mind to say it that way right? So sometimes we kind of, we, we talk about these in words that are more, you know, palatable to us, but, but I just want you to look honestly in your heart today and say, what, what am I holding on to? What, what hurts that I didn't want them to go down the drain and get stuck there, but they are there nonetheless. I didn't intend to hold on to it. I, I didn't, I don't, I'm not trying to be that type of person that's, that's just kind of living in it and letting it fester, but, but nonetheless, it is. Because church, until we just begin to acknowledge it and see it for what it is, until we do that, we can't apply forgiveness to it. You with me on this? And so I want you to think about that. Now, I want to even just give you one challenge further than that. This week, make a list of it. Don't put it on Facebook. Don't put it on Instagram, all right? This is not a list to put on the fridge, all right? This is between you and God. And, and write down, because there's something powerful. When we get this stuff out of our heads and out of our hearts, and you see it, and you write it, right? If you've ever journaled, you know the power of that. You kind of, it's so murky and wild in your mind, but then you get it on paper, and there's something powerful to that, right? And get these, get these, take time with the Lord and say, man, I, I want to, I want to live in the power of forgiveness in my life. And Lord, help me to see the things that are stuck in me, the pains, the hurts, because you can't go through life without that happening, church. I'm sorry. It's just part of life. But forgiveness is how we get it out. And so write it down. Write down the person. Write what you're resentful about. Write how it's affected you, just, just very simply. And, and put it on paper. And, and this isn't a time to you know, judge yourself or even judge the other person. All, all we're doing is we're just kind of looking at what's there. Because whether some of us realize it or not, what's controlling us today is the pain of the past. 
And until we begin to see it and to name it and to apply God's help to it, it will continue to control us. You with me on this? So we're just kind of cleaning out. We're just looking and seeing what's there. Every, you know, springtime, we, we take everything out of the garage, right? And, uh, and it takes several days. No, I'm just kidding. But we, we take it out, and we clean it out, and kind of looking like, okay, do I need to throw this thing out? Do I need, we get the, the lawn, uh, whatever that's called, furniture, you know what I'm saying. Patio furniture, thank you. Struggling today. I've only had two energy drinks. I probably need a third. Um, and, and we get out, and then, you know, it's, it's always, you're just kind of seeing where everything is at. And that's what we're doing with this in our heart. We're just saying, all right, what, what's all in here, you know? Because you ever, like, clean out a closet or clean out the garage, and you're like, oh, wow, forgot about that. Like, oh, man, this thing's super cool, right? Or is that just me that does that? Yeah. I've been looking for that for 12 years. Wow. And when you begin to look in your heart, and I look in my heart, we'll be surprised there too, church. Like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know that was still there, right? I didn't know I, w- I was still holding on to that, and that was festering. And you can't apply forgiveness to what you're not aware of, or to what we won't be honest with. Say, no, that, I am carrying that, and I need God's help to work it out. So the scriptures call us to meet our resentments with forgiveness. That's the path forward. Now, Tim Keller, the great Tim Keller, he defines forgiveness in these four parts. The first one is we name the offense, and we don't excuse it. We just say, yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not in denial. I'm not lying to myself, you know, because sometimes maybe, like, it's hard to admit that we're hurt because we don't want to, we're like, oh, am I being, you know, a baby here? Or I want to act like nothing hurts me and I'm invincible or whatever. But no, we, we've got to name it. We've got to be real with ourselves and don't excuse it. The second step is we identify with the person as a fellow sinner. This is a hugely important step to take. Notice the words of Paul in the words of Jesus. To practice forgiveness from both of their perspectives requires that you be in touch with your own need of forgiveness. Paul says, forgive others as the Lord has forgiven you, right? Jesus says, you release that person's debt only first after the king has released your debt. You with me on this? What does that mean? It means that that you can't take the moral high ground which is what we do. Have you ever in your own mind made someone into a monster that was actually a human being? But in your mind, you had this this narrative and and these ideas and and you kind of fed them in your frustration, in your pain, in your resentment. And then the person that you created in your mind was not actually the person that exists Because you had dehumanized. You with me on this? And you thought you were something fundamentally different than they are. Church, can I remind you, just like people hurt us, we hurt people too. Just like we need to offer forgiveness, church, 
people need to offer it to us too. You don't get through this life without needing people to forgive you just like you need to forgive. And that's an important point that we cannot forget. Mirsalav Volf, he has this great quote. He says, forgiveness flounders because I exclude the enemy from the community of humans. And I exclude myself from the community of sinners. And you can't do either of those. Right? The servant who was forgiven by the king, he needed to always remember that moment that the king said, your debt is clear. Because something disconnected when he ran up to that other guy and he started choking him and said, give me all my money. Right? That, that's a horrible disconnect. And honestly, as Christ followers, we can be in danger of doing that too. If God has forgiven me, then I am called to offer that same forgiveness. And can we just be honest that sometimes the things that we hold on to are the very things that we've done to other people too? And that's why they annoy us so much? Because we don't want to admit it, but we see ourselves in it? You don't have to amen me on that. That's fine. We don't, we don't have to go there this morning. But, but, but sometimes the very things that, that we are holding on are, are things that we're guilty of too. And the great apostle Paul, he says, hey, if it wasn't for the grace of God, then I would probably have made even more mistakes in my life. Here's what Paul is saying, is that, you know what, God has protected me so much. He, he say, in other words, he's saying, I'm not better than anyone. And, and neither are we, and we need to remember that in the practice of forgiveness. Third, release the debt. Don't seek revenge. Now, this can be very, and this is where we just have to be honest with ourselves, church. You can be nice to someone to their face and rooting for them to fail in your heart. And does that mean I'm really practicing forgiveness? I don't think so. It looks like I am, but God looks at the heart, not the outward appearance. You with me on this? Forgiveness, if it's, if it's going to be effective, it's got to come from, from the depths of who we are. It's not, it's not just a ceremony, but it's a fundamental changing of our heart by the grace of God. You with me on this? It can't be faked. It's only powerful if it's real, whether it looks good or not. And so we need God's help, and we need God to flush that out so we can look at that person and be able to pray God's blessing, be able to, to truly want God's best for their life. Here's the fourth part. He says, aim for reconciliation. Aim, aim for restoration. Now, the biblical teaching of forgiveness is nuanced. Reconciliation can look a lot of different ways. Now, the people in our life that maybe, maybe there's abuse, maybe there's criminal activity, maybe, maybe there's something like that, right? When, when that happens, you can forgive, but it doesn't mean you don't go to the authorities too. You with me on this? For forgiveness doesn't exclude that, right? And, and because you forgive someone doesn't mean that they're automatically 
in the same place in your life. You with me on this? If, if you uh, own a business and your employee steals from you, you know, you can forgive them and still fire them. Right? That, that's not necessary because, because that, that boundary could be healthy. It also could be the path by which they experience some of the consequences of their action and, and can come to Christ. You with me on this? So, so I'm not trying to create, and, and the Bible doesn't create this naive view of forgiveness, but reconciliation is a goal, but it might look different, right? It might be like, hey, you're, you're in my life, but, but it's going to be different because of some of these realities, but I'm not holding it in my heart against you. You with me on this? So I don't want to just give too simplistic a view on that. So here's my challenge to you today. Number one, just ask God, each of us, show me the resentments in my heart and make a list. Make a list. Second, ask God to help me release them through forgiveness. That stuff that's rattling around in your heart and in my heart is going to hurt us. And it's going to hurt others by not being dealt with. So ask God to help. Then three, and this is what we're going to talk a lot about next week, ask God to help me see my part. Some of our pain in life, church, I hate to tell you, some of our pain, we've had a heavy hand of involvement in it. But don't worry, that's for next week. That's for ne- I know you're like, well, I'm going to be sick next week. I get it. The Lord can say it by many or by few. But next week, we're going to talk about that. But, but ask God to begin to, to show you that. Because sometimes as we process this, the Lord's like, hey, you've been angry at them, but you really need to look in the mirror. And you really need to, to look at your own heart and your own life. And that's where grace and change will be. I read the story of a man named Tom uh, Skimmer. He uh, grew up in New York City, and he grew up in this you know, very tough neighborhood. Uh, gang-ridden, and he kind of grew up in the gang life. But then one day, he met Christ and experienced a completely inward transformation through the forgiveness and grace of Christ. And he was an athlete, so he was playing football, and, you know, this was after he had met Christ, and he, you know, laid out some guy doing a great block. His team got a touchdown, and the guy that he knocked down after the play came over, blindsided him, punched him, kicked him, cussed him out, said some horribly racist things to him, just completely wrong and wicked and evil. And Tom Skimmer got up and he said, you know what, Christ has changed my heart and I forgive you. That's what he said. He said the old Tom would have got up and pulverized the guy, but this new Tom got up and did that. And the guy that did that to him was so taken back And so ashamed, he ran off the field and didn't come back the rest of the game. He ran into the locker room. After the game, he came up to Tom and he said, that act of forgiveness knocked out of me more prejudice and evil than anything you could have done. That act knocked out more prejudice and evil in me than anything you could have done. Church, I want to tell you, forgiveness is powerful. Not only does it change you, it changes those around you. It is powerful. Now, when you hear that story, and when I hear that story, 
I want to identify with Tom. That's who I want to be in the story. How about you? I want to be the guy that, that responds with grace. Isn't it funny how we always identify with the protagonist in the story, right? I heard a preacher say one time about David and Goliath. He's like, everybody wants to be David, but what if part of the story is to realize don't be Goliath. Don't be arrogant and a jerk and get your head cut off, you know? It's like, that's a good point. We, but we always identify with, but as we think about that story, church, what, I want to ask you, what if, what if we need some of the resentment knocked out of us by experiencing the forgiveness of Christ today? Because I think maybe that's true too. I want to be Tom, but, but maybe I'm the guy that needs some of this junk knocked out out of me. And here's how it's going to get knocked out. Experiencing in a fresh, in a real way, the powerful forgiveness of Christ. Because only when that settles in my soul, only then can I bring it to the pains and hurt in my life, which I desperately need to do and you desperately need to do. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you invite us into radical forgiveness. Father, it's hard to, to see and to feel in a real way how great your mercy is for each and every one of us. Lord, some days we, we feel it clearly and it's powerful, but some days we lose sight of it. And I pray today, Lord, that we could just have the sense of just how great your love, your forgiveness is for each and every one of us. I pray we could feel the freedom of it in our, in our bones, Lord, that the one that the Son has set free is free indeed. And I pray, Lord, it could... It could knock out some of the resentment that's festering in our souls today. Help each and every one of us to, to see some of that pain that we're carrying. I pray it would just light up like lights on a dashboard. And by your Spirit's help, we can move towards it with the forgiving power of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray each of us today could walk out of this room lighter. In our hearts right now, Lord, maybe there's someone you're putting on our mind and you're saying, forgive them. Release that debt. Trust me. And I pray, Lord, just right now, right now, we could do it. We could just release the debt as you released our debt. We could give forgiveness as you gave forgiveness to us. Lord, the power of evil, the power of resentment could be hit a death blow right now in our hearts and we could be healthier help us in this in Jesus name amen church please stand and worship with us